It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. And welcome to another They Came to Play and Footy is back, baby. Yes. It is, of course, Limo here with uh, Danny McGinley. Hello, uh, mate. Hello. I hate football. Yes, so do I. And Tess Armstrong. Hi, I'm apathetic about football. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Uh, how was that for you on Thursday night, Tess? One of the, I mean, draws are normally exciting, but that was a fairly insipid one, I've got to say, on Thursday night. <laughs> Such a roller coaster of emotions that day because the whole day, like I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning. I was so excited. What Christmas day? I was pumped the whole day. I wore yellow and black. I carried on like an idiot all day at work. I couldn't wait. I got home. I had to listen to the first quarter in the car on the way, and I thought, you know, maybe there's an end. You know, there's a lot of wind in Melbourne, so maybe there's an end, and um, we'll be right for the next quarter. And then we were kind of like still not a right, but then Collingwood were not a right, and then. Like, it was terrible football, but it was close, and then we came back, and then it was a draw, which I feel like is the result that it deserved. But also, how funny. It was just so, I had to laugh out loud. A draw in this crazy year when you can't imagine anything, you, you, you know, you couldn't make it up. It was gold. Yeah, welcome back to footy. Five goals, six against five goals, six. <laughs> and you say you deserve the draw. Richmond didn't lead once in that entire game. We were so bad. Anyway, it was like, uh, it was just, we were just appalling, appalling at football. But uh, at least Koch was still good and Pear's still good. And having Jack Higgins back kicking controversial goals against Collingwood was all a girl could dream for. That's what I had on my wish list for the 2020 and I've got there. So, yeah. Were you working in the arc on Thursday night? Because there's no way to mark to Jack Higgins. (laughs) (laughs) Mark on platform one of Jollymont Station. (laughs) <laughs> he had brain surgery. Give it to him. What? What? We, is, this, is that his make a wish to get another oh. rule bent for him when he <laughs> plays against Collingwood? That's right. The, yeah, the um, the umpires were making making a wish come true. All of us, all of our wishes come true. And it was kind of weird because I kept saying, "Oh, thank God, Mason Cox wasn't playing." But I just. Like, obviously everyone's going to be a bit rusty, right? Imagine what we've been doing during ISO. You know, when you were like, I'm going to get so fit, I'm going to be the fittest I've ever been, and then you're just the same. I'm not, like, I'm sure every AFL player was a bit like that as well. I'm going to be so fit. I'm going to be fitter than everyone else. And then turns out if you don't play full time and you play half the time, half the quarter length and um, you don't train the way you usually train, turns out you just play football like every other human, which is kind of, Average. I I really loved the um, highly predictable overreaction to the shitness of the game. <laughs> yeah. The next three four hours. <laughs> Footy's dead. <laughs> crowds are killing it. Shorter quarters are a disaster. What are we going to do? I'm really surprised a lot more AFLW players weren't going, see? <laughs> God sake. They were. They were tweeting. Rocky Cranston from Geelong, Kate McCartney, they were all tweeting, which was gold. They go, you know, shock horror, but shorter quarters means less goals. Who would have possibly thought that was going to happen? No one could have seen it coming. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? And uh, and did we like the cardboard cutouts the other night, the Collingwood Collingwood Cheer Squad cardboard cutouts? I love seeing Koch and posed with them. There was a great photo taken. I must, it must have been Wayne Ludby, but it said, where's Wally? And it was Cotch's face with all of the Collingwood cheers. Uh, it was the friendliest they've ever been together. It was very delightful. And they were very realistic because after that mark was paid to Jack Higgins, <laughs> cut out still managed to throw beer on the goal umpire. So. <laughs> Did you guys like the, the crowd noise? I didn't mind it. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. One thing that need it needs um, they need to add in though is they've got pretty accurate uh, uh, reactions to things. There's yeah. a goal, there's a big cheer, there's a there's a, a drop mark, there's even a bit of ooh. I've oh, noticed yeah. they need the score review. 
because that's a universal thing in footy. If there's any score review, even if it's absolutely needed, the crowd still go, oh, just do your job. Hurry up. It's taking too long. They need some hurry-ups. It's not It's not accurate enough. Also, I thought there's just no way that fake crowd would have still been cheering by the end of that game. It was so appalling. And then, it, like, after the full-time siren, when Koch was getting interviewed on the ground, the crowd was still making noise. But I was like, but it would be silent. The normal crowd would just be, like, in a state of shock. Yeah, totally. But, but there, was a, there was a cheer on the final siren. Because <laughs> there would never be. No, they were just, they, the fake crowd was just happy it was over. Yeah. <laughs> they could go, go to their fake homes. <laughs> they did. They needed some kind of booze. Like when Frio were playing Brisbane for, for James, for Aish, who was playing against his old team, there wasn't like fake crowd booze. We needed those. We need booze. There needs to be a ball. Yeah. Ball. Uh, white maggot. Yeah. All, all that stuff. And I wouldn't even mind for score reviews if they used the tennis sounds. You know, when the crowd goes, oh, oh right. like watching the ball <laughs> to see if it lands. Didn't, didn't, you can also tell uh, which commentators have had a good uh, isolation, who's been practising, because Bruce McAvaney was just straight out of the blocks, oh, yeah. calling everything, he yeah. had research on it all. I hate to be negative about fellow broadcasters, <laughs> But at one stage at halftime, he asked Wayne Carey about Paddy Dangerfield, talking about his 250th, the next sure. uh, thing. And his his uh, his insight was, yeah, Paddy Dangerfield, I just love the way he goes about it. I'm like, yeah, Duck, you haven't you haven't done your pre-season, have yeah. you, mate? No, that's good special comments right there. <laughs> I think he also may have said when he was drafted, we didn't know how good he was going to be. Which is another great insight. I mean, yeah. that, and, and look, you can't you can't say that's not true. And you don't, you really don't know for sure, do you? When he was born, we thought he might play, but we couldn't have told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the uh, that was the draw on um, <laughs> Thursday night. Let's go to Friday. Yeah. We don't have to. Quarter was like a joke <laughs> because the whole day had been like scoring's dead, goals are dead, and the first quarter were nine goals, and it was something like that. It was. It was like a joke. Oh, okay, uh, footy's, uh, footy's <laughs> back. I reckon the, the people are most happy about that, that very relieved Channel 7 because there's an ad after every goal and oh, they yeah. need the money. <laughs> they really do. And But I noticed uh, I was watching the pre-match and BT was out on the ground interviewing uh, 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 Alistair Clarkson. And the, did you hear the loudspeakers at the ground? Oh, no. The PA system was blaring a Midnight Oil song and they were also making some announcements. I'm like, who? Who is all this for? Yeah. <laughs> With the announcements, like, it would just be like a walkie-talkie, like, uh, Dave, I dropped yeah, my yeah. <laughs> The umpires requested Midnight Oil. They're big Oils fans. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They do love it. Yeah, the first half I thought was pretty good. I quite enjoyed the first half. Um, and then we kicked seven, a uh, one goal one to ten goals two. I mean, seriously. I mean, that home crowd advantage yeah. the long <laughs> just really helped. Uh, just helps the number of the fake yeah. crowd noise. <laughs> it really, it was too much for us. They looked pretty good. Like they, there was a lot of kind of. I, I laughed on ABC because. Mark, uh, Mark McClure, as you both know, is always up for a barb of a team. And on Thursday night when they arrived back, he kind of went through a big, long shopping list of insults he'd clearly been waiting to get out of all the teams. He went through all of them. And he was talking about Geelong essentially saying there's nine, nine, goes, nine guys over 30. He'd never seen it before. He'd never seen it before. They'll be fat cats. They'll be slow fat cats. Anyway, turns out they were not. They looked pretty good. And the likes of Brian Myers, all their young ones, and Tom Atkins, looked awesome. But I just, I said last week on this podcast, they will definitely play finals because they will play every game at Gardenia Park, smash every team. But whether or not, I don't know, they'll last the season. Who knows? But they look pretty good. Uh, yeah, they turns out that may well give them a bit of an advantage. <laughs> Uh, playing there, but yeah, Grind Myers, awesome. Uh, he was great. Ablett was, was great. Dalhouse was great. Ablett was good. I found that annoying because I thought he was. I thought his career was meant to be over. <laughs> you know, but that that we've been. I've been saying that for years. The, the best thing you can do for Gary Ablett is say, I reckon he's too old, and then he gets they, a fifty touch game. Totally. And Paddy Day, Sean Burgon. What do we think of the tackle, Sean Burgon, on Paddy Dangerfield? 
Well, didn't it was interesting because Paddy Dangerfield did that a couple of years ago to Matt Cruiser, and it cost him a brown though. So it seemed weird that Sean Sergoin gets a tap on. Ah, look, barely, barely touched him. <laughs> <laughs> I was annoyed that he got fined. <laughs> it's that classic, like um, whether it's the outcome or the action that gets people suspended. Because like Patrick Dangerfield is like extremely thick and like. I don't mean in a dumb way, but like as in a body way. So maybe he can like not get injured. So therefore it's not seen as bad, but I don't know. It seems odd, but I love Sean Burgoyne and I want him to break the record of how many games. So each game is very important at this time. So Yeah, no, we definitely want Sean Burgoyne playing footy. Could well be his last season. He's 37 years old for crying out loud. Say it out loud. It'll be like Ablett. He'll play for five more years. Well, quite possibly. (laughs) Would he... So Jack Higgins, who's clearly getting special treatment this season because <laughs> uh, of his... Oh, Burgoyne's getting special treatment this season. Everyone's getting special what treatment. What if Burgoyne had tackled Jack Higgins? <laughs> He's heading to the ground. <laughs> Would he have got a game then? Yeah, because you don't touch snags. Okay. He's just had brain surgery, so yeah. he can't slam his brain into yeah. the ground. <laughs> anyway, poor old Hawkers, Limo. Yeah. Our... Our personal derby Thursday night. Hopefully, our teams have like got the chips out of their system and come back on Thursday night being actually good at football. What do you thought? I really hope you're right, Tess. And at one point, Adam Rosenbach's uh, friend of the show, friend of the show, host of the fabulous Junk Time podcast, he sent me a screenshot of the possession count halfway through the last quarter oh. of all the individual players, and it was oh, no. in the order of possessions. And in the top 15 possession getters on the ground, there was one Hawthorne player. Oh. And, that was, and that was Tom Mitchell. And that, oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, well, then, you know. So we did not get a lot of the ball. <laughs> and I also noticed, uh, and this is a new segment here on They Came to Play. This, oh, is, yeah. uh, this is Fashion Watch. Oh, yeah, please. Uh, there were some changes to the Geelong and Hawthorne jumper. I mean, you, you guys would have noticed uh, most uh, clubs are put a new sponsor in just above the number on the player's back is another oh. sponsor, Hawthorne had IINet. Oh, uh, right, okay, yeah. Uh, Geelong had Ford, so that means there are three Ford logos <laughs> on the Geelong <laughs> right, okay. jersey. So Geelong just go to look for a new sponsor in Ford, say, no, we'll just sponsor you more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We won't, we won't give everyone their jobs back, but, you know, <laughs> we'll give the footy team some money. And a new name, the Ford Fords. <laughs> yeah. And but I noticed, and I especially noticed this on Tom Hawkins. Mm. They Geelong seem to have made the AFL logo smaller, so it fits within one of the um, one of the blue bars on their Guernsey. Oh right, okay. And I, and I even texted Tess Armstrong because her husband is a Cats fan. Um, was there a difference in the Geelong ah. hoop structure? Because, and I've got to kind of word this uh, nicely, they all looked like they had enormous pectorals. <laughs> it so genuinely felt like I was watching AFLW in that they, they looked female. They, they looked, Ablett looked pregnant. Are you, say, are you saying fake breasts? I'm saying, yeah, there might have been some implants. So, <laughs> so. You can buy pops that have like built-in breast help. Um, for women that don't have a lot going on there. And so maybe that's what Cotton On have done for July. Right. So it's like a one jumper. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's like box stuffing, but, you know, up above. And also they had kind of like a slime feature on their shorts. I was really unhappy with Geelong's look on Friday night. Geelong has the simplest and most handsome of jumpers. It's very hard to stuff it up. But last year they changed the jumpers and at the very back on the shoulder area, it looks as though they've tucked, accidentally all tucked in the blue strip. There's like a blue lining around the rest of the jumper, but then on the arm it's just white and it looks like everyone's accidentally like got their knickers tucked into their tights or something like that on the back of their feet. Yeah. And then I feel like they have added in an extra hoop. So I'm going to have to do some hoop counting because it's not flattering, and there's some slime action on the shorts, which is too fashion forward for what for my liking. It's very hard to stuff up the jumper. Just keep it simple, guys, and you'll all look better for it. Much more flattering. Yeah, is that is that swipe on the shorts? Is that to wipe 
dry your hands? Or no, it's grippo. grippo. It's Grippo. It is so Grippo? They, yeah, for some reason that's legal. A lot of the dogs players do it, but the dogs players put it right on their chest, so it looks like they've sneezed downwards. <laughs> it's not right. a good look. Is that so you can mark the ball too? Or yeah, no? I think yeah. hold on to it. Um, now, another highlight from me for this game was I looked up, because I read a report saying Jack Stevens was playing All right. in this game. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't, of course. But I looked up the injury list, the official injury list on the AFL website for Geelong, and reading down the injury list, these are the injuries. Hamstring, indefinite. Knee, test. Back, one to two weeks. Hip, one to two weeks. Stab wound, indefinite. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it says it on the AFL website. Stab wound. I thought surely it should be stab wound, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Investigation club. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll look, it up, I'll look it up now and see if it still says stab wound. Well, while you're doing that, I also, did you see a friend of the show, uh, Emma Race and the, the Outer Sanctum uh, sisterhood in the fan zone? Did I ever? I was worded up a little earlier that uh, Emma, Felicity and Lucy were featured. They were the middle square on the tally as well. Prominent number one ticket holder Emma Race placement. But because Hawthorne didn't score really for most of the game, I didn't see enough of Outer Sanctum on my tally, but... And I disagree with this. I was a bit annoyed that they were showing the Cats over and over again. I was hoping they would show some of the Hawks when the Cats' goals went in. Oh, just to get some yeah. Give us some real footy experience. They always pan around the, the sad crowd. Like, that's what was lacking on the weekend. When we'll, we'll talk about Melbourne and Carlton, but I would have loved to have seen some close-up sad faces in the cheer spot at the end of that game. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's, that's you know, that's part of what the great game, right game's right. about. <laughs> the pain along with the joy. Um, anyway, that was Thursday, uh, Friday night. Giant disappointment. And by uh, the way, stab wound is uh, still there on the list. We are looking. Uh, at yes, yeah, yeah, stab wound. Reminds me of years ago when Fitzy Ryan Fitzy Fitzgerald quit the Crows and went back to play for South Adelaide in the SNFL. Panthers. The Panthers, yeah, and uh, the injury list in the Adelaide Advertiser for South Adelaide read like. Hamstring two weeks, knee six weeks, shoulder two weeks. Ryan Fitzgerald, big brother, indefinite. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's uh, let's head to the quarantine zone, Woo-hoo. the Gabba, where they played the Dockers. This was a good game. It wasn't a bad game. Yeah, you and you predicted the Lions to thump the Dockers. I did. Know. Yeah, I thought they would absolutely pants them. And they just won by a couple of goals in the end. But you know what? After two stinkers, essentially, it was a really good game. It was strong. I, I, we all, uh, Tess Armstrong tweeted that how happy she was to see Charlie Cameron. One of probably they came to play his favourite yeah. player, Charlie Cameron. Yeah. Uh, and he, he he's doing the mime. He does. He, he alternates between the, the crocodile after he scores a goal and and the motorbike. And I'm just wondering what what else can he bring to the repertoire. Wasn't it Baby Shark? Oh, is, oh, so it's for the kids. Really put the song in my head, which was annoying because I was enjoying Charlie Cameron's goals until then. It is a it deeply was... annoying song to have caught in your head. What about why isn't he doing the Wiggles then? The Wiggles, you know, the, the pink finger pointing. That could work. Uh, yes. That could work. Yeah, hundred percent. Maybe he worked through a string of them. He would do. Uh, he yeah. could do that. That one where you pretended to pick your nose and then you've actually just bent your, your knuckle oh, over. You bent your finger back. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, he could do Cookie Monster and eat the ball. That's another option. <laughs> milk, milk, lemonade around the corner. <laughs> Eating the ball seems very anti-COVID rules. Like, you shouldn't be putting the ball in your mouth, essentially. No, you shouldn't. But if you do go on to eat the entire ball, then at least you know anyone else. With a knife and fork. It's just, just yourself. And the good thing is if you eat the ball, you can then get a beer at the grounds because you've got to order food. With oh, right, yeah. <laughs> nice. I also, my other point from this is uh, Justin Longyear, the new Frio coach. Yes. Now, I, I put this out on Twitter, but I couldn't find the right lookalike. I'm, I reckon Justin Longmuir looks like Mark Ruffalo, who played the Hulk in the Marvel movies. And I don't know, like, he's only yeah. slightly looking a bit like him, he, but I also yeah. just expect him to turn into a rage monster because he's coaching Frio. Right, yeah, yeah yes. 
<laughs> he does. He, I don't think he looks exactly like him, but if you ask Mark Ruffalo to play him in a film, Mark Ruffalo would look exactly like there we go. Justin yes. Longmuir. Yeah, and you're right, Danny. He is, you're right. If Mark Ruffalo had to play him, he, I think he'd be able to do the kind of method acting thing and slim yeah. down his face. They could use CGI to kind of narrow his face. It's really the narrow face action that's the problem. <laughs> I've been saying that for years about free face action. Um, hey, but uh, good on the um, uh, Brisbane for hanging on to win. And again, for the third game in a row, one team led the entire game. Mm. Richmond didn't lead once, Hawthorne didn't lead once, and the Dockers didn't lead once. And the trend, I believe, continues with Carlton and in Melbourne. the next match. Oh, God. Carlton and Melbourne. And what I loved about this game <laughs> is that I had two diehard Carlton fans at my house on Saturday watching this game. Oh, who was around? Uh, I had Adam Rosenbachs and Justin Hall, friend of mine, and um, myself and Paul Collegia opened up a little window that goes from our courtyard area into the lounge room. So we just opened that little window and we were like uh, Walder and Waldorf and Stattler and Waldorf and the Muppets. And we're just heaping it on Hawley and Rosie. You are quite cruel, you you and Rosie, with your uh, with, you're quite vindictive to each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a bit toxic. So we were brutal, and Hawley and Rosie did not have a good time. Oh, that's weird. At all? That's weird. And we were so relieved when Melbourne hung on to win by a point. Jesus, like you can't be happy with that game as either fan. I was talking no. with Melbourne people. They were they were behaving as though they had lost. They they essentially felt like they'd lost. And Carlton people had exact Carlton had exactly the same game that they had as round one. Now I've bought into Danny's theory, I'm calling it, that round one should be scrapped from our memories because it's irrelevant because it's so long yep. ago. But except for Carlton, they have had exactly the same game twice, which must be devastating, but it's also very funny. What happened? Oh, they played Richmond, of course, yeah. 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 They, and then they came back in the thir- halfway through the third quarter and gave us a real fright. What? Test, 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 test. If they give you a real fright, they give you a Tess Armstrong fright. <laughs> like a Tess Armstrong fright is where the opposition gets within 10 goals with five minutes left. <laughs> it was a bit of that. A bit of column A, a bit of column B. We won by 25 points, but it felt like less. Tess is actually still panicking about last year's grand final that the Giants will somehow come back. <laughs> but it was good. Like Jacob Weedering, I've been waiting for him to play amazing, consistent footy for a long time. He was awesome. Neville Jedda, who's just really like a king in this world, played his 150th game for the Ds, who's just a total legend. Like there were some nice things, but, geez, it was a stressful game, even as a neutral. I was excited to see Mark Pitnett out there, a former Hawthorne player. <laughs> As uh, Carlton's Ruckman. And early on, I thought, hey, this is a real find for Carlton. He's great. He won a, the first couple of centre bounces. He was picking up some touches around the ground. He had a couple of contested possessions. Uh, and then it was like Max Gorn just went, actually, I've just remembered I'm an awesome Ruckman. <laughs> and he played like three games. So I'm going to give you a flogging now for the rest of the game. And then Max Gorn just dominated him. Uh, for the rest of the game. And the most Melbourne thing that's ever happened is, of course, it was Max Gorn's first win as captain and they sang the song without him. So that's um, really good. Where was, where was Max Gorn? They didn't wait for him. He was doing an interview or something like that and they sang the song without their captain, which... Yeah. Yeah, that is... Uh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not like you can miss him. He's six foot 35. <laughs> it's not like, you know... People aren't looking around going, where's Max? Uh, that's a disgrace for them. Did he? Did they show footage of him coming into the rooms and realising they'd already sung it? I think that, yeah, I think they were all laughing at the end. Oh, yeah, you. You, the most recognisable alien-looking player. Like, it wouldn't just if you wouldn't look around your group if Max Gorn was missing and the first thing you would think is, Where's Max gone? The one thing I noticed is at halftime, they had the cameras in the rooms. And normally they've got the fruit platters or a bowl of pretzels. Oh, yes, perfect. yes. Um, now, due to COVID, they all get individual lunch boxes. Oh, from, Quite adorable. It's like a play lunch at Kinder. Yeah. And they all have names on it and stuff. It was great. Well, good on them. Their mums would be over the moon <laughs> with that. 
But anyway, good on the D's yeah, for hanging on. Are they going to deliver much joy beyond that to their fans? They got the Bombers next week. They, that tends to be a, a, a difficult game to predict. There's a lot of upsets in that fixture. Mm. I think it's like um, a, a Magic 8 ball where you shake it and says, ask again later. There's just no way. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. And, uh, and Carlton, were they just... You know, their fans are used to disappointment, so that just... I was going to give them the depressometer for the week, Carlton, oh, yeah, but uh, yeah. no, the Bulldogs have got it. There's a few people in the mix, I've got to say. So that's four games in a row, one, two, three, four, where one team didn't lead once. Let's see if that happened. No, it didn't happen in the... Oh, in which game? You're going uh, to... Suns and the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles led briefly in the second quarter. And I remember at that stage thinking, okay, now they'll smash them from here. Good on. And I was thinking, good on the Suns. Well done. You've got up a fight. This they is great. Made a game of it for a quarter and a yeah. half. Oh, I'm sorry. And then 44 points. Maybe the Eagles should have the depressometer. Oh, the Eagles were terrible. But how's Matt Rowe? Oh. 177 super coach points. Whoa. And it's his second game of footy. So if he gets three votes, this is courtesy of Swamp on uh, Twitter, the earliest in anyone's career they've ever gotten three votes is Tom Scully in his sixth game. Oh, really? Wow. Matt Rowe looks like he should get three votes. It would be, and this should be a Royal Commission if he does not get three votes. He was clearly clear, the best player of the whole round, let alone his own game. He's unbelievable. It was so awesome. Also, I was really thrilled to see that, he, like, he's a real dag, like he's a normal person, whereas I'm a bit over the cool footy type who's like, whatever, dude. He just seems like a super staggy, normal person, and I was very thrilled. How are you, how are you judging that, uh, Tess? His post-game interview, it was just, like, delightful. He was so happy. He was so mature. He didn't try and, like, fob off the meaning of anything, it just was, like, super authentic, whereas there's a lot of, like, cool sarcasm, which I engage in cool sarcasm, like the... Like the like do you, Jess? <laughs> or do you really? <laughs> but um, he just seems like a super lovely, normal person and also can play. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And there's something about superstars. He's the guy that kicked the goal. That got the Gold Coast back in front. You know, of course he kicked the goal. Yeah, he does look like, when you look at his face, he does look like uh, if this was a movie like Friday Night Lights or something, he's the goofy farm boy who's come to the the Uh, city to play play ball. (laughs) Yeah. And remember last week we said that the draft feels like 20 years ago. So maybe it has been 20 years and that's why he's so mature. So... Maybe. And it's, the other big factor is we've often talked about uh, how just geographically the Gold Coast, uh, sports teams cannot thrive there. We've no. lost the Gold Coast uh, rollers, the goal, South Queensland Chargers, I think they were called. Uh, the Gold Coast uh, Blaze were a basketball team. The, uh, the Logies have been a flop on yeah. the Gold Coast. Yeah. The only thing that thrives on the Gold Coast is schoolies. That's the only... But imagine how well schoolies would be if it was in somewhere else then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how good it could be in Melbourne. <laughs> well, but it, it affected West Coast. They're probably, you know, arguably one of the most successful sports yes. clubs in Australia. The Gold Coast curse <laughs> has made the yeah. Eagles bad. And, then, and they've got to live there for another three weeks now. So, um, but uh, Adam Simpson refused to blame isolation or lockdown. For the, uh, for the loss on the weekend. Well, we talked about last week, Frio are up in isolation as single men and uh, West Coast have brought yes. their families. Frio oh. played above expectations, West Coast <laughs> below. Yes, I think we can draw the conclusion there yes. that wives and kids are ruining it all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, disappointing for the West Coast Eagles who play, they play Brisbane this week. Uh, just checking that. Or Port. Yeah, Brisbane, Saturday night mm. at That'll be awesome. I like the old school wool and gabber. Let's have a look at the showdown. Yes. Adelaide did lead at the start of this. They kicked the first Uh, two goals and then Port just went bang. It fell in a heap after that, didn't it? Well, after the... So they kicked... Port kicked 17 goals to three after the first two goals. Wow. The Crows were deplorable. Now, as hey, bad as they were, how jealous of you? How jealous were you of the fans in the crowd? Well, there were 
1,500 uh, Port fans, 500 Crows fans, and Premier Stephen Marshall has come out and said that they'll be raising the crowd numbers soon. Yep. And the Crows fans have come out and said, no, it's fine. <laughs> we are happy to leave it at 500. That is plenty. They look terrible, the Crows, don't they? And they lost Rory Sloan, like, early in the game. It was just like one of those cursed days where you thought, oh, I'm so sorry for you. But it was really awesome to see real fans again. And they made a hell of a lot of noise, like, for a, a few people. And they were all socially distant. It was hilarious. It looked awesome. So, you know, bring that on. But also, Port do this all the time. I get tricked in. You know how much I want Port to win because I love Ken Hinckley and I just feel like I can't get excited about anything they do and so I'm not able to enjoy it. So that's my that's my biggest problem. I just wait it out. I'm like, I don't want to enjoy this in case you let me down. But Connor Rosie, all of those, yeah, Dersma, I love all those young players. They're super fun. Yeah, they're exciting to watch. And But how's that percentage? 290.6. Wow. That's, I think that's the highest percentage I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> the ladder is a really wild ride, to be honest. Like if you had have predicted this, the top two, Port and North Melbourne, in June, I'd have gone, wow. Well, yeah, even, but- the, even the top three, Port, North Melbourne and Essendon. <laughs> Yeah, my, my Essendon and North supporting mates are pointing out undefeated all the way into June. It's yeah, just yeah. a great year. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of that going on. And yeah, I've got, as I was saying to uh, Hawley and Rosie on Saturday, don't worry, guys, I reckon Carlton will go deep into September. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they all will. Um, Carlton are above my team. But uh, I, I, again, though, broadcasters, if you are listening, stop, you know, we, when we do see the fans, we as uh, people still in under restrictive uh, movements here in Victoria, yes, yes. saw the power fans loving life, felt so jealous. Yep. They needed to show the Crows fans to remind us that going to the footy can be it terrible can, sometimes. It can really suck. Yeah. yeah. For the good of the nation's mental health, <laughs> they needed to show Crows fans. Bye, beware. They're in for a long year. Gee, that, that end of season camp's really taken its toll, hasn't it? <laughs> now we're dragging on. Hey, did you hear the story last week from Luke Darcy? Have I spoken to you about this, Danny? No, McGinley? no, I don't. Uh, on uh, Triple M's Hot Breakfast, Eddie Maguire, just in casual conversation, said to Luke Darcy, have you ever sung anyone else's club song? And Luke Darcy said, well, no, no. And then he said, oh, actually, the 1998 prelim, uh, because they'd beaten us the year before, Terry Wallace played to us over and over that week and in the rooms before the game, the Crows theme song. Uh-oh. So- he oh, ran out onto the God. ground of the 1998 prelim with the Crows theme song running through his head. Oh, God. And then and then we got creamed in that prelim. You got creamed then and you didn't win another final until 2006. That's right. So I'm starting to think <laughs> that playing the opposition team's theme song is a bad idea. Yeah, all right. Let's, I'll, I'll, not, I'll mark that down. Yeah. And the other thing which we gave Das a bit of heat about on radio is that We've been piling into the Crows for three years and he didn't once think to mention that Terry Wallace had played the Crows thing yeah. to the Bulldogs back in 98. I can understand if he's blocked that from his memory. Yeah. Well, that was his, that was his argument. Um, so let's go, go over to Sunday. Let's go to GWS North Melbourne. I watched not one second of this game. That's all right. I watched all of it like in some kind of sick animal because football was back. I was like, well, I don't want to ever take it for granted again, so I'm going to have to watch games that usually I might be like washing my hair during. And it was awesome, by the way. North Melbourne are so great. Rich. What was that, Tess? North are good? North are good? North are good. I I don't think there was enough... Sort of hesitation around the good. Yeah. I remember, of course, that North Melbourne creamed my team last year in our premiership year by playing some amazing footy. They kind of play well above their station. That's their problem. It's when they come up against someone they're meant to beat that let's stand, let's hold our, you know, fire for that. Um, but yeah. they were genuinely really fun and they had to share the plane that everyone kept carrying on. Like, you know, normal people in their normal work, how often you have to go interstate for work or something like that and come back on the same day. It's a very normal thing to do, just FYI. But all day it was like, you know, they had to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, 
They had to go on the second plane yeah. as well. And do, they were like aisled off like at a wedding where one side was North Melbourne, the other side was the bride. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then you get up there and then they have to go back tonight. It's such a good day. I'm like, um, no, that's a pretty normal day. And anyway, it worked out quite well. So maybe they should do that all the time. Yeah, I know that uh, basketball teams and soccer teams laugh at AFL teams when they whinge about travel. Yeah. You have to go there three days. <laughs> around the world and then play. Oh, Lemo, I had to raise this with you, actually, because so your Hawks went down to Geelong for the first time since 2006, as we all know, and it didn't go super well. On Friday night on radio, your general manager of footy was talking on the ABC about the fact that Geelong had said to Hawthorne, do you guys want to come down and have a practice match? a couple of months ago, and he said, well, you know, with all our schedules and everything like that, I don't think we can find the time. So we did, So we've decided we didn't need to do it. Now, has someone who grew up in Geelong and knew people in Melbourne who carried on about coming to Geelong like they had to go over on an overseas trip and come back, how could you not have found an hour to drive down the highway to have a run around on Cadinia Park and then run back up again? That, to me... That made me laugh out loud. I couldn't believe it. Did you say? Did you say trial match, or they were just offering the ground for a runaround? Well, like a practice match. Like you could come down, whatever. You could. I don't know whether it was like, um, like a fake preseason match. But you could. But I could see for COVID reasons that they might not. <laughs> it was like no, we couldn't find it in our schedules to drive an hour down the highway. I mean, there's sometimes road works. So it can be a little bit. <laughs> Hawthorne was very busy planning their second half choke. So yeah. <laughs> next, time some, next time someone offers you a one-hour drive, probably take it. We've got, yeah. we've got, we've, you know, we've got Dingley. They went to Dingley and did a run around there, <laughs> set on the contaminated soil of the. The FIFO life worked out very well for the Kangas on Sunday. So you're, yeah, so Hawks have that dingly where they have a couple of ovals. One is to Dockland size, one is to MCG I size. So, yes. They clearly don't have a Cadinia Park size. No, and that's the issue. This is the issue, yes. Although dingly's a, dingly's a long way off. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch a bit of this Giants uh, yeah, yeah. Ruse game. And I, I again, I'm going to, I hate to criticize the broadcasting, but uh, the, the fake crowd noise was brilliant for all the games except this one. This one what was, was the issue here. It was way too much of it. This is GWS versus North Melbourne, and it sounded like a full house. This is not. Oh, they needed <laughs> realism. They needed this one to be just a couple of golf claps and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and a few Giants fans asking the rules. And you just yeah, he one really obvious echoey drunk bloke. Yeah, yeah. In a stand by himself. <laughs> okay. and, uh, then, and also, Derek Burton said an interesting thing in the in the second quarter uh, as Toby Green was starting to fire up. Yeah, uh, he said, "What the strategy you need to do with Toby Green at this stage is not get him angry. Maybe tell him some jokes to keep his mind off oh, the game." Oh, right. What jokes? Has that ever occurred to you? Have you ever heard a player just like you know after a goal's been kicked, just be like, "Hey, hey why don't elephants use computers? Because they're scared of the mice." Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. <laughs> why, why do cows wear bells? Because yeah, their horns don't work. Oh, yeah, that's so- not a. Do you reckon that would work with Toby? What, what yeah. sort of humour do you reckon Toby Green likes? Uh, well, we walk into a bar stuff he'd like. Yeah. So man walks into the bar, doesn't get arrested. Toby would <laughs> find that hilarious. <laughs> uh, some sort of karate-based gear. <laughs> well, just the story where, where a puppy gets murdered. I'm sure Toby oh, would like that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, Toby, I noticed you had a big smile on your face. And what were you guys talking about? <laughs> Just, just genocide. Yeah, yeah. Um, General banter. Yeah. Uh, and Todd Goldstein dominated. Fifty-one hitouts. Awesome. I think he did a pretty good job. Do you think it was just like were a bit boring to what? Like the thing about North Melbourne is because you don't know any of their players. I suppose it's very hard to like defend against. I mean, like, who's this guy? And it's just like some other random kid that you've never heard of before. So maybe the Giants just hadn't been watching enough of North Melbourne's games or whatever. They're not on seven very much. And, you know, GWS probably to save money stopped their KO for a couple of months. 
do a deal with Foxtel. Oh, uh, yeah, I look there. Um, North Melbourne forever underrated, though, aren't they? Absolutely. They've never been overrated. Never. Ever. Well, maybe in the 90s, late 90s, where they were the yeah. time. Who knows, though? Next week they've got Sydney. And, I mean, like, Sydney were really random yesterday. They they nearly won. So who knows what will happen next week. I feel like they're evenly matched, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's quickly get through this next game so we can spend a bit of time on the <laughs> final game. Uh, Essendon. Oh, they did it. They just hang on. They did it by a goal. Man, I remember thinking Over like the Swannies. with a second, I thought I was so, I literally was in a pub and I said to the room, if anyone can lose this, it is the Bombers to the Swans. Yeah. Well, again, Swans didn't lead once for the whole oh, day. Oh, there we go. Yes. I had a very like predictable. Each quarter was kind of the same. Though. They had like S&M would come out firing and then they would completely 100% stop playing and Sydney would have a little bit of a chance to Heaney would do something and Heaney would yeah. like get them back in the game. And that happened for the whole time. It was really wild. Until the end, I really did think, well, Heaney's going to kick the sealer or something like that, and it would be funny. It would have been, but Darcy Paris oh, kicked that. I, right? Oh, it was, uh, Dom, was it Dom Sheed who kicked the? Yeah, yeah, in 2018. Dom Sheed-esque. Yeah. Uh, that goal from the boundary line. Uh, so what do we think about Sydney this year? Are they... Well, they're rebuilding, and they're, they're going to like classic Sydney. They'll probably rebuild, and it'll take what three matches, and then they'll be <laughs> oh, yeah. again. Yeah, they'll play finals. No, in the Premiership, but this year's just their lead up, so we'll wait and see. I quite like um, all of Sydney's team, but they're like a quite likable bunch of people. Like, I feel like they've kind of gone back to their roots. They're no big heads, and I feel like. Heaney is like a super captain and I'm just going to follow his trajectory really when it comes to football. And the Bombers, I don't know. Bombers are every, like North Melbourne have never been overrated. Bombers, that's their motto. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever it takes to be overrated. Whatever. <laughs> Surely this isn't the year that they're going to win a final. Surely. It, although 2020 is an upside down time. So we've gone into the upside down. So maybe this is the year that Essendon breaks their drought because everything can happen. Well, they, they played Melbourne on Sunday and oh, they should win that. How, how do you tip both teams to lose? <laughs> draw. That is, uh, that is a draw. Uh, but good on the Bombers. Uh, looking all right there. But, you know, it was only Sydney. But anyway, uh, let's move on to the last game. Uh, St Kilda, 14-488, pantsed the Western Bulldogs 7-7. Yeah. Uh, Danny, how was this experience for you? Uh, it was actually it was actually quite welcome because uh, I don't know how your guys' uh, 2020's been going, but mine's just yeah. been going too well. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Balance. <laughs> uh, you know, losing jobs and uh, having comedy festivals cancelled. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, it's just, I think, I just needed uh, something to bring me back down to earth. A little level up. Yeah. yeah you get really getting ahead of yourself. Oh, you? we sucked. Yeah. We sucked so bad. <laughs> I, I even started, uh, do you know, I, I had my cardboard cut out there. Uh, it left early. Yeah, it left early. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have an official go down and collect it? Yeah, yeah. I just texted him and said, get that guy into the pub. That would be just the funniest thing ever, to see an official removing cardboard cutouts before the end of the game. It would be very funny to put one on a robot timer and have it move, make its own way out at three-quarters. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And almost you can remote control your own cardboard cutout from home. I'll see myself out. Look at that. Or instead of it, we well, yeah, just have robots. Everyone's got their own robot. Yeah. You can control it from home. So it's like but, Avatar. Well, then robots are going to get in fights, aren't they? That's fine. Robot Wars is great. <laughs> Look, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm going to stake my claim early. These robots don't have the same rights as humans. So <laughs> fight for our entertainment, right. robots. Although if I was a goal umpire, I'd say watch your back. Because if people at home can control robots oh, yeah. at the ground. Yeah. When Jack Higgins gets it, look out. That <laughs> is going to be real dangerous. Now, um, Danny. What happened, Danny? Uh, yeah, what did happen? I, I, I got so distracted by the good news of the selection that Ling Jong was back, and I love Jongy, and yeah. that I didn't actually look at the team until just before the match started. 
And I suddenly noticed no Toby McLean, no, uh, no liver, no, uh, who else wasn't on there? No Shaki, no Tory Dixon. Uh, I'm just going, what is this? And there's, there's some kids in there. And Bevo has said, he did say after the game that um, he was 100% certain that we were going to win. So he picked, I don't know why he picked, so I guess that's why he picked a side with so many toddlers, you know. <laughs> And it was it was genuinely terrible. I just kept waiting for us to, you know, get better. And it just never happened. And we were spraying kicks and the bond hardly got a touch. And I just want this season to now be over. So I'm off to the <laughs> ICU ward and I'm going to lick everything. Yeah. And then I'm just going to go sneeze on every single AFL player <laughs> that I... I'll just go down to every training ground. Let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> yep, we're done. Hey, on a bright note, though, uh, and Tess, I know you're excited about this. Can we talk about Latham Vandermeer? Vandermeer Industries. My fake. Business, but yeah, I'll, we've got Latham Vandermeer Industries and Patrick Lipinski, the Pitsky file. The Pitsky, yeah, and they right. are both too young to know those references. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they were both born after Seinfeld finished. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Latham Vandermeer is that? He played can, very well. What can you tell us about him? Is Latham Vandermeer is uh, he went to school with Bailey Smith. Oh, uh, so I think they were both at Carey and uh, yeah. they, they weren't close mates or anything, but right. uh, obviously teammates now. Yeah. Uh, I thought Latham played uh, really well. Never stopped trying, got a lot of the ball. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he was uh, number 23, Jordan Ruffhead's old number. So he's continuing uh, the goodwill towards that number. Uh, but, oh, man, I'm struggling to find positives here for about the, that team that was on the field. Uh, Josh Dunkley? Yeah, he's a gun. He's awesome. Uh, uh, Bailey Smith was good, and then it's just yeah. the next, Jack McRae was the next. What are all the players coming back? Like, what's wrong with what's wrong with Libba? What and Dunkley? Like, I don't know. He's no, he's awesome. He had a he had a kid uh, recently, so he's probably sleep deprived. But I reckon Libba's going to be even better. With why, well, then why wasn't he in the team? Mate, Bevo is uh, playing playing the kids, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, um, all of the Facebook comments after the game were, we lost it at the selection table. So so this is a long-term plan? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I guess, we, yeah, we need to rebuild again. <laughs> <laughs> and if I rebuild, you mean just pick the more experienced members of your team? Yeah. And back in. There's, there's less rebuilding happening in Aleppo right now. <laughs> yeah, there is. Reselecting more like it. I mean, it's just, um, it's, an, it's a relatively easy fix. And, like, I'm sorry, Danny, you know I'm sorry that your team are on the bottom of the ladder. But St Kilda was so good. They were so good. And it was so exciting to see them play so well. If they weren't playing against your team, Danny, I'd be really thrilled. But Jack Willings, who's kind of been, like, not able to quite live up to his, you know, how he was friends with Marcus Bontempelli and they were always meant to be the same kind of quality and he's never yeah. able to quite get there. And then he was just awesome. And Max King is just a cult hero of status. It was yeah. so fun to watch them play. And more importantly, they had the best fan engagement of all time. They had the Dramana drive-in, three of the screens, oh, yes. three of the screens at the drive-in. It was completely packed out. Cars were tooting every goal, and there was a lot of goals. That to me is just like a plus. They do for getting fans in at the. I oh, yeah, you're right, Tess. They absolutely nailed that. Nailed drive in, and uh, I don't know if it was offered for free, but either way, lots of people arrived with six or seven ca- people in their boot of their car. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you that's attend tradition. the tradition. That's how you attend the driving. Also, it's always hard to see team members from your team do well at another team. So Dan Butler, Premiership hero at Richmond, heads across to St Kilda and plays so well and, like, is kicking on his left foot like he never did at Richmond, which I'm like, what are they doing down there at St Kilda? But I did have a text from a St Kilda fan after the game telling me that their family are now talking about the grand final. So I might just say, calm the fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Calm the fuck. Hey, and also, uh, much like yourself, Bradley Hill, Three-time Hawk yeah. Premiership player, doing nicely there. Brett Ratton and, and Jared Ruffhead in the coach's box. So, uh, and quite ironically, uh, some Bulldogs Premiership players played badly. So, right. no, there was only five people, five players from our 2016 Grand Final, really that played yesterday. Mm. Terrible. Oh, it's going to be a long 
15 rounds for the... Uh, we play the Giants on Friday. If that doesn't fire us up, then, uh, I don't know, we'll just take the rest of the year off, boys. So that's Friday night in Canberra, is it? or uh, No, at Marvel. Dockland. At Marvel on Friday night. Yep. All right, there you are. Uh, <laughs> bottom of the ladder. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a first for uh, they came to play, one of our teams to be on the bottom. So what is my idea? In the week that you're on the bottom, uh, we've got the uh, Tiger Hawk Derby, or Derby, Tiger Hawk Clash on... Uh, Eastern Suburbs Derby. Eastern Suburbs Derby on Thursday night. At the G, where are you watching, Tess? Where are you going to be? <laughs> oh. Probably be at home, I think. I'll to, I'll drive past your house and toot every goal. I'll, I'll wait out the front and toot every goal like I'm at the Dramana driving. Um, uh, okay. I'll be looking forward to it. I'll I'll listen to the first quarter in the car driving home from work. It's been it's just so good to have footy back. My whole personality's back. I feel like there's a reason to like live through 2020, which um, is a real win, a real bonus. You've got a you got a spring in your step. I'm up and about. That draw, that draw really got me going. Uh, <laughs> and Danny, where are you going to watch on Friday night? Uh, I am actually. We've booked in at a pub in Footscray, the Vic Hotel. Oh, very nice. A big contingent of uh, dogs fans uh, down there. I'm not sure if there's tickets still available. I don't know about these when restrictions are lifted, but we should have a they came to play viewing party at a pub. Yes, and we'll invite. We'll make an open invite yes. if you're a fan. You want to come down, say good day to us. Yep, we'll watch it at a pub, a random game, and uh, we'd love to meet you. We'll, uh, yes, and we'll offer any special comments that you ask for. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, well, it has been a pleasure as always. And uh, Tess, you can't see us right now, but Danny McGinley is wearing a Melbourne Victory T-shirt. He's <laughs> abandoned the Bulldogs already. Well, I mean, things are things are down and out, Danny, but they're not that down and out. Oh no, Victory got a new coach, Grant Brenner. Brenner, we're a bit optimistic yeah. for the for the end of the season. Right, okay. Each of them. Uh, <laughs> also, one of the, one of the uh, one of my friends I go to Victory games with uh, actually hooked up with uh, Brebner a few years ago. So we're oh. our, our little group is very excited. Okay, very good. Well, this could end up in confidential one day soon <laughs> if uh, Nui Takoa or uh, Jackie Epstein are listening to the podcast. Oh, they're big fans. Yeah. Uh, uh, very good team uh, well we will uh, do this all again next week and if you enjoyed it please give us a review recommend it to your friends uh, join the Patreon like us on Facebook Instagram yes. Twitter get involved indeed do that uh, go Hawks I say go Tigers on Thursday night please God dogs don't suck <laughs> <laughs>